What time is it? What time is it? There's no time like island time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's behind. Everything's fine on island time. And you'll be living on island time. Caribbean breezes go through my mind. What sand meets sea, that's where you'll find me. Oh, just living on island time. I'm living on island time I may be late, but you know I'm trying To make the best of an uphill climb There's just so much I can do to make it through I'm living on island time Being late back is my only crime Trying to find a little peace of mind Living on island Greetings, greetings, welcome from the North Coast and the campus of Baldwin-Wallace University right here in Berea, Ohio. DK, Dennis King on duty. We have a fun show. This is our uh, annual retro night, and uh, it's, this is going to be a power powerhouse one tonight. We got Johnny Ray Miller back in the house. Johnny, my friend, how hey, are you? Hey, I'm so glad to be here again. I think this is five years in a row now. I know, can you believe Something this? Something like that. I know. <laughs> Partridge family, you rock on, right? <laughs> Johnny is the authority on the Partridge family. He wrote this book called When We're Singing. He came on our show in 2016, and ever since then, your whole world has opened up to this whole community of people. We'll talk about that as we go along tonight. Uh, We also have in the house a brand new guest to the show, Chris Malesta. That's usually what what I get, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they've had fun at it. It's Mezalesta. Mezalesta, okay. From the tambourine people. Tambourine goodness and tambourine love to everybody here in the studio and on WBWC. And, and back in my adopted hometown of Clevelandish, you know, Berea, Cleveland Airport. You used to live here and you're back now. Yeah, used to live here years ago and uh, came back and <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday, in <laughs> fact. Incredibly, yes, That's amazing. Yes, made it. Now, I, I, we'll get into it, but I discovered your group just a couple of weeks ago on online. And I've, I saw this, I said, man, this is right up my alley, and uh, this would be perfect for this retro show. So I'm glad you're here. We're going to hear some music from the Tambourine People tonight. Their brand new album just came out. You've got a couple of the uh, gals from the group are going to call in as well. Yes, Lori and Nancy. Uh, Nancy's in Alabama. Lori's out in L.A., and they'll uh, be calling in All right. real soon. Very cool. All right, well, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Welcome, Johnny. Oh, hey, hey. Let's do it. Summer's cool. Jimmy Buffett starting the thing off tonight. Well, we got a lot of classics tonight, so get ready. And we got Brian Forster, Chris Partridge coming up, Jeff Pike. It's going to be a fun one on Island Time. You messed up, you read the paper, you accidentally watched the news. You inadvertently find yourself in the vicinity of the blues. 
bust your ass to get the good life. You make a habit out of overtime. When the big report card comes, your priorities are way out of line. You need to go to summer school. Get to the beach or at least in the pool. Time to go to summer school. Remember what is and what is not cool. Time out for bad behavior. Time off, you've been under the gun. High time, somebody told you it's time to let those puppies run. What's up with this recession? I refuse to participate. The answer to your burning question is dancing on your tailgate. It's time to go to summer school. Remember it is and is not cool. Oh, summer school. There is a time and a place to act like a fool. At summer school. Get your ass to the beach or at least to a pool. At summer school. Know when to keep and to break all the rules.
way We're gonna talk and laugh our time away I feel it coming closer day by day Life would be
All right, I love that song. That is uh, the Partridge Family right there from the 1970 early, the first season. Yeah. Together, we're having a ball, and that's what we're doing here tonight on Island Time. That was the very first song they recorded. Is it really? Yeah. Johnny, the authority. All right. <laughs> Let the Good Times In, which was on the very first show. Yeah. And I believe it was written by Neil Sedaka and Howard Greenfield. We were just talking about that. Uh, the Rascals, classic, grooving. And uh, we had Jimmy Buffett's Summer's Cool starting things off tonight on the Island Time Radio Show. Johnny Ray Miller is in the house. He is the author of uh, Come On. I almost said Come On, Get Happy. You did. Shame on you. <laughs> when we're Not a sing- bad mistake, really. When we're singing. The original title of the Parch Family theme. And this book is not just like a little uh, coffee table thing. This thing is like the Bible. I mean, this thing is bigger than the Bible. And it's the <laughs> yeah, I guess pictures, it is, isn't it? Pictures, details, song, all the song stories, all that stuff. And it's still out there available, right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. And what, where can they find that? At the website, whenwersinging.com. Whenwersinging.com. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. It's been uh, fun having you here. Thank you. And also, we have a brand new guest this year from the Tambourine People. I just discovered these guys. Uh, Chris, welcome. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thanks for having me and uh, everybody else who's going to be on. He's an announcer. He's done a lot of announcing work, so him and I are going to be like, hello, everybody. <laughs> yes, and knowing yeah, how to work the microphone. Yes. <laughs> right in that proximity effect. Thank you. I can't wait to hear the story about the Tambourine People because it's such a cool uh, deal to be doing this kind of music in 2023 or two, whatever year it is. Okay. So we're going to find out more about that. In fact, the gals from the group are call, have called in. We're going to talk to them as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear a couple Tambourine People uh, cuts. And by the way, we just found out we might have another special guest later in the show. I won't tell. I won't say who it is right now. I blabbed on Facebook already. <laughs> Did you really? Okay. <laughs> DK on duty. It's the Island Time Radio Show. We're still playing some tropical things tonight, but we're, it's kind of our once-a-year departure. We're going total retro and uh, having a lot of fun. And I've got not only Johnny Ray Miller here, but we've got Chris. Say that nice name again. It's Mezzalesta. One more time. That would be Mezzalesta. Mezzalesta. <laughs> I will have it by the end of the show, I promise. You are in the tambourine people, and you yes. do self-described as sunshine pop. And to me, it sounds kind of like uh, Cow Sills, uh, Fifth Dimension, uh, Partridge Family, perhaps. Yeah, I think those are the primary influences. The association. Association. Uh, even a little more obscure things like Sagittarius. Yeah, Okay. Uh, any of the Gary Usher uh, productions from okay. the late '60s, okay. things like that, and uh, and you know, branching out a little bit from there. I think the the whole point was to bring uh, into what was a dark time for me personally, and I think also for the country, a little bit of uh, well, love. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Uh, yeah. And so basically, I was thinking uh, I was at a very low point, and a friend of mine suggested I partake in uh, what is called February Album Writing Month. Okay. which is an internet challenge of just, hey, see what you can do, test your creativity, and r- write 14 songs in 28 days. Okay. And take wow. them however far you want. Wow. Uh, write, if you want to, write and record 14 songs in 28 days in the shortest month of the year. And I, I thought, I'm not doing anything else really right now. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty low. I think maybe some uh, forcing my hand at my own creativity might perk myself up a okay. little bit, and I just forged ahead, and I just I kept a legal pad, started writing things down. If anything came to mind, bam, I got to write a song about it. I had just before February started, 
been into a little bit of a Lemon Piper's kick. Okay. So I was listening to Green Tambourine and okay. some of their their uh, yeah. own, like the stuff they wanted to do, which was the harder acid stuff. Really? But the psychedelic things, the bubblegummy yeah. stuff that they're known for, and sure. I thought, Tambourine, you know, uh-huh. that's a really good jumping off point for something. And I said to myself, Tambourine Love. And I said, boy, that sounds really kind of sunshine popish yeah. with a little bit of a hippie bent to it. Yeah. Maybe a little sunshine psych, if you will. Sure. And I went back and I started to listening back to the Sunshine Company and the Love Generation and okay. those kinds of groups, Spanky and Our Gang. Sure. Uh, vocal harmonies. And I thought, I need some help on these. I play numerous instruments and I at the time in my previous house, had a studio. So I tended to overdub everything myself. But I need some female sound and female input into this thing, aesthetic. So uh, two of my voice actor friends, we're in a comedy voice acting troupe together. And I said, hey, can you guys do some singing? Because we already put songs in our comedy podcasts. We wrote original songs. Oh, wow. And they, uh, Laurie and Nancy, were among the people who would sing, and I would produce the music and put it all together. And we we won a few podcasting awards, which was nice for what we were doing. And I thought, hey, can you guys help me out and sing some ba 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 bas and some yeah. harmonies and whatnot? And that's oh yeah yeah this is great. And over the two years since that happened, it went on and on, and it culminated in us being invited to perform, and we did, in April at the International Pop Overthrow Music Festival, which is a traveling music festival all over the world, and we were invited to the Chicago uh, iteration of that pop festival, and we made our debut from not ever having sung together, just emailing vocal tracks to me, to us being on stage at a venue in Chicago and performing for the people who were coming out to hear the pop music. Did it go over great? It it went over wonderfully, and it was a lot of fun, and uh, people were saying, in other words, this type of music seemed, it probably would have been more out of place in the mid-90s with the whole grunge thing, Mm -hmm. but even now, it seems like a bit of an anachronism, but a very welcome one. Mm Yep, exactly. And that's... Jumped out at me immediately. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons. It's something familiar. It maybe has a little bit of a modern twist on it now and again. I mean, we actually pay homage to Sly and the Family Stone on one track as well. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But uh, the primary thing was always the um, you know, the rich vocal harmonies and things like that. And the good feeling, the good vibe, oh, the yeah. tambourine vibe. I love that positive uh, spirit in the, in the music. Had to, go, had to go there because of what was going on personally. Okay. So I really had to write something real happy to okay. bring. So in other words, as the, to, quote, to coin a phrase, come on, get happy. <laughs> right on. I, which is what I had to do. You so. know, uh, John Baylor and the, right, the love generation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very much sunshine pop. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know. And those guys ended up being the Parks Family Singers, yeah. as, you, as you may know. Yeah, okay. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of Let's the greatest bring- session vocalists ever. Let's bring on the ladies here. We got Lori Firth with us. Lori? Hello. From Los Angeles. Thanks Welcome. for having us, Dennis. Absolutely. Welcome to Island Time. Thank you. And Nancy McLemore from Alabama. Hello there, Dennis. Glad to be with you this evening. Welcome to the show. All right. The tambourine people are all online. How fun is this? Say hello to we're Chris. We're here. We're here. <laughs> we're ready to do our bop and do wopping. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you get it uh, started? I mean, like you said, you were already doing things together, but uh, you just said, okay, I got these songs, let's record them, and and then let's just go online with it? Because these days, going online with that kind of thing, I can see how that would work. I mean, is that basically how it all began? 
Go ahead, go ahead, Lori. We'll pick a yeah, go somebody. Cool. Well, so um, <laughs> well, I've been a big fan of Chris's for a while because he's just extremely talented and creative, and uh, so I was really um, thrilled when he asked me to join in, and uh, I just enjoyed doing the. You know, he really encouraged me to sing out and be part of the group, and I was so amazed at all the different ways that he was able to bring you know, different styles through the album. Uh, all the songs are different, and um, but yet, you know, completing themselves. So I was just thrilled to be a part of it, and it's wild that we did it all. He was going to come and visit, and then COVID happened, and we were, he was going to direct oh, me, okay. you know, in my booth, and couldn't do it. So it was all all virtual. <laughs> That's amazing. Except Excellent. for me, yeah. except for me, Lori. He came to me before. I mean, he came in February, didn't you, Chris? Uh, you here in actually, Birmingham, yes, Mar- yeah, March. That's true. I did make it to Birmingham, uh, mm-hmm. and. Wrecked my car on the way, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but whatever it was for the music, yeah. But that was the last visitor I had, and then after that, we just, um, you know, he just put everything together virtually. But he came here and recorded in my home studio, and um, and it was, it was great fun. And little did we know we were about to be on serious lockdown, and uh, right. oh, it yeah. was a great treat to do that. Yeah. So it all came together, and uh, indeed, and then you played the uh, pop festival, which is awesome. Is there any talk of actually doing some shows now, or what? Depends you, on what shows there are, I guess. Going to see how it goes. That pretty, yeah. pretty much. I mean, where we all are in yeah, our lives. It, go ahead. <laughs> we're definitely open. I am. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wherever Chris goes, I go. <laughs> <laughs> there, but for Chris, go I, or something <laughs> like that. Since it is such a retro kind of deal, do you have a, a like a stage presence idea, like costumes or anything like that? I'm just trying to envision it right now. Maybe if I had more time, I think that I think the ladies had more uh, thoughts along those lines than I did. I'm 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 uh, more I'm always about the music, but I do understand the show. Uh, the Brady Bunch has some leftover costumes. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> They better keep them, right. keep them, keep them, right, keep them. Right. Yes, the sunshine pop, right? Okay, yeah. true that. Yeah, that's true. I do have the time to change forty-five. Oh, do you? Yes, All I do. Right. Yes, I do. Um, but yeah, no, they they brought they brought a, a roundness and a depth to the sound, and uh, you know, I was thrilled uh, that we could put even if it was just the one time, and if we don't ever perform live again, who knows? Anything can happen. But it's it's definitely a. Live performance is now a back burner thing. In, in other words, I suppose we came, we saw, we conquered, we, you know, we popped them up, we psyched them out, and uh, <laughs> if we do, if if it uh, comes up again, that will be great. But in the meantime, I mean, we do have this album, and we're, you know, we've got it out there, and uh, looking to turn more people onto the tambourine love aesthetic. And the website is. We are a couple places. We do have thetambourinepeople.com, but uh, you can really get it more reliably, I would say, through our Bandcamp page. And uh, you can also get it uh, digitally there, which is thetambourinepeople.bandcamp.com. Uh, and, in fact, um, because I wanted always to party like it's 1969, <laughs> um, we have the album on CD. We also have the album on vinyl LP, I should mention. Uh, they we, look great. We're sitting here looking at them right now. These albums op- are really. We have this open one up. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I've got a. Uh, it's got a, a printed uh, lyric uh, inner sleeve and everything like that. It's on heavy one eighty gram vinyl. Uh, also, uh, I do actually have a couple copies of the album on reel to reel tape. 
Wow. And I am uh, I have an order in. Eventually, I'll be pre-selling them soon, if I can find out from the guy who's making them, on 8-track. I was going to say... Full I, slip covers and everything. I thought I saw that on your website, that you you could you got to pay a little extra, but you're going to need an 8-track. Yeah, because it is a one... It's the same sure. with the reel-to-reel. It's like sure. they're made in real time. Handmade. There's no factory. Mm-hmm. No factories are making reel-to-reels or eight tracks anymore. But uh, there are people doing it for the craft. And then once you get those, you got to go find the real player and the real, real oh, yeah. player and the uh, eight track player. Collectors beware. I belong to a couple of eight track groups on uh, Facebook because I've got a comedy album, comedy music album, like a Doctor Demento show oh, okay. kind of thing that I'm also involved in. Okay, and we put our album out on eight track as well. Wow! So that's coming. So the Tambourine People dot So yeah, absolutely. Lori and Nancy, if you if you can hang with us for a few minutes, we're going to play uh, one, maybe a couple of the songs right now, and then we'll uh, okay. we'll keep talking here. Okay. Sure, okay. Let's check out uh, Tambourine Love. Let's do that. From the album. That's the aesthetic. On Island Time Tonight. Shame. 
Alrighty, friends, it is 2022, not 1969, although it feels like it tonight here on Island Time. That is awesome stuff from the tambourine people. Groovy. We've got, we've got the ladies of the group on the telephone, Nancy and Lori. Hello? Hello. You gals sounded great on that track right there called Lights. Thank, Thank you. And we have Chris in the studio with us. I don't get anybody to double my, 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 my voice, 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 voice. <laughs> <laughs> you guys sound like you're, like you're voice actors. <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit do you do that uh exclusively or do you do voiceovers as well like regular voiceovers? Uh, we just are voice actors so we can we can do you know mostly just just straight ahead talking but sometimes character stuff and it's, it's okay. a lot of fun anything from press one for english to yeah that's right get a triple burger right now you know okay. yeah. I, i've just gotten into this type of work in the last year and mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time i've met other people that are doing the same thing so yeah. this is fun very cool okay i confess i did voiceover work you i was did. a vacuum cleaner once really yeah All talking right. vacuum cleaner yeah. johnny i had no idea <laughs> <laughs> a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. We all have our vacuum cleaner days, I know. Don't we? Yeah. 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 There were three. There was a mean one and a smart one and a nice one. I was the nice one. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical. Well, Nancy and Lori have been everything from a, a programmable car to uh, uh, <laughs> uh, good <laughs> Russian Russian uh, Russian spies to who knows what uh, who knows what all uh, characters they've done for our little programs we've been doing. <laughs> that, yes, that's right we have a great time fun. together that yeah. is very cool we love the idea and uh we hope that you start touring or something that would be fun we'd like to see that could you guys just imagine what would happen if we started touring at our age <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness do you remember the 60s i barely do i was in diapers but i <laughs> i remember it and i think it's that feeling of that were those were for me happy times it was the monkeys yeah. it was my yeah. my aunt who who uh, babysat me a lot with the beatles and the dylan electric albums and the dave clark five and the yardbirds and and then the 45s that i started getting at age three it's like oh windy this new record by windy on that orange warner brothers label yeah. and it has to go around and i have to hear it again and again and again and it felt so good yeah that and i've taken in so much music over the the ensuing decades but uh, that era yeah. so to create something was a salve i think for yeah. my the internet's a dead end it's one big fight i had just gone through a very harrowing time on the internet uh, getting uh, being on the receiving end of somebody else's um 
internet nastiness, so okay. uh, which caused a lot of strife and turmoil. So I was, as I said, feeling mighty low. Wow. And I dealt with that by, you know, writing these songs and uh, doing something that made me happy. So I think that's that was the, the therapy, and it was yeah. it was really really it is great. Quite- Quite good therapy when you do something. Uh, it's always good to, to create. comes out of your, sort of your inner angst. Absolutely. This, this yeah. definitely uh, makes you feel good. And uh, I did notice the ladies sing lead on a couple tracks as well. We're going to play later on uh, Riverside Park. Which uh, which one of those ladies sing on that? That's Nancy uh, on the lead. Okay. Yeah. On the yes. moody yes. sort of. Chris, it's a... Chris, is, Chris has got a jazz background. I believe that's correct. Is not Chris? That is correct. Yeah. And it is a jazzy feel, and um, I'm I'm in a place in my life where I am really loving jazz and love to sing jazz vocals, and um, I play a little bit of jazz bass. But Chris really did a great job writing a jazzy. Well, he did a great job on all of that. I mean, I was up dancing on that first tune. I had to get up and move my body, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, Riverside Park is a is a rich uh, rich tune. This album, it's all over the place. There's a real wacky novelty thing called Chickens uh, on there. That's been on the Dr. Demento show numerous <laughs> times, I can, actually. Yeah. I can imagine it being on there. Okay. Freak Flag is interesting. And uh, does Lori sing on any of the tracks, by the way? Lori sings Get Into a Garden. Get Into a Garden. Okay. Which is sort of the, you know, the, the, the ecological, it, it goes back to the uh, awakening of the ecology in the early 70s, late 60s, right. as well as a metaphor for do yourself some good. I mean, work on your own mental garden and you know, get out in a garden physically and okay. get in the sun yeah. and the air or work on yourself the same way. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun uh, meeting you over the f- telephone and Chris, of course, in the studio. The Pleasure. Tam- the tambourine people. Thank you, Nancy and Thank Lori. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for letting us be on. And we're going uh, to be here for a couple more hours, so we're going to play a couple more tracks from the album as we go along. But thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis, you for having us all. Appreciate it. All right. Fins up, surfs up. I don't know what to say when it's uh, 60s yeah, pop. It fits. I like it. <laughs> Take care, guys. All right, Chris, how fun is this? We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house as well. Johnny, you are the Partridge Family Authority. And uh, before we get back to the music, uh, briefly tell us about some of these new things that have been happening since you've been here. Wow, uh, yeah. There has been some new stuff going on, hasn't now, there? Now, David Cassidy got this star he in Vegas. He got a star in Las Vegas on the Walk of Stars. And in they invited April. you out there. Yeah, okay. yeah. I I was so thrilled to be there. I got to speak on David's behalf. Uh, they had the Cow Sills there speaking on his behalf. Okay. And several um, of David's bandmates who had played with him through the years. And they had great stories to tell. I mean, these guys were fun, roadie guys that just had some great memories of David. Bruce Kimmel was there. You oh, know, wow. He was you know, one of the most frequent guests on the Partridge family, good friend of David's, and he's very entertaining, too. It was just a blast, the whole thing. There were fans from all over the world. Um, they came as far away as Australia. The Netherlands. Um, it was it was really something very special, and um, David deserved every second of it. You know, he was a big deal in Vegas. Yeah, well, he had that run in the '90s with that uh, what FX of FX. Yeah, yes, yes. and won all kinds of awards. Entertainer of the Year. Uh, I think it won Show of the Year. Uh, he rewrote the story, uh, the whole show um, when Michael Crawford left the show, and um, really turned it into 
the hit that it was. And then did two more other shows in Vegas while he was there. He did the Rat Pack is Back, uh, which he uh, had a hand in writing, and um, At the Copa. Okay. Yeah, Sheena Easton was in that. Sheena, really? I still love Sheena. Excellent. And uh, it's funny, you mentioned Bruce Kimmel, and uh, I can't tell you what I had for dinner last night, but I can tell you that he was in four episodes, I think, of the Park Fest. Uh, yeah, I think five. <laughs> five? Yeah. And he was Lori's girlfriend, and then I think he was Lori's Lori. girl, girlfriend, boyfriend <laughs> yeah. a couple times. A couple times, yeah. Or, or attempting to be her boyfriend. <laughs> right, right. Never quite making it. He was on the cruise ship, and he lied to her. Yeah. I remember that one. Right, right. Which was like a precursor to Love Boat. I remember that. And he had a thing for Susan, too. In, in real, real life, life. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, and he shared some of those stories. Uh, he's a very entertaining guy. He's a writer, too. He's written books, uh, murder mysteries, and all kinds of things. And she had a thing going on for David, of course, as we've, it's been well publicized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. We won't get into that kind of stuff too <laughs> right, much. Right. But uh, we got some great music. Let's get back to the classic music. We're going to hear some more tambourine people as we go along. And uh, thank you, Johnny, for being here. You've yeah. got a new book coming out, which we're going to talk about. And that will lead us to our surprise guest. Yes, it will. Let's do some Sly and the Family Stone.
All right, that is from the uh, famous King's Island episode of the Partridge Family. If you remember that right. opening scene right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And this year marks 50 years since that uh, episode was shot. Yeah, that's and true. King's Island has made a big deal about the 50th anniversary, and they invited, because, you know, those Brady kids were those there. Those Bradys, they're everywhere. They were there as well that summer. What's up with the Bradys? They need to go away. And they invited Barry <laughs> uh, Williams, Greg, back Recently, this was just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no kidding. For the 50th anniversary. and uh, Well, you know, they shot the Partridge Family episode first. Is that right? I was wondering. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah. And, of course, my mind immediately when I saw that Barry was there, I said, well, who could they get from the Partridge Family? And I'm thinking, well, Shirley's probably not going to want to go all the way to Cincinnati. And uh, who else would be there? We'll have they, to ask Brian why he didn't go. Danny's been having issues. So, But Brian, we can ask him. Brian right. Forrester, who was Chris Partridge, the second Chris. Who had a blast at Kings Island. Did he really? Oh, yeah, well, he had a good time. Let's Roller def- coasters, you know. Let's bring that up. Or whatever. Yeah. We'll definitely bring that up. He's going to be checking in tonight, and uh, that's going to be fun. We also heard, uh, what else did we hear? Another uh, song from the Tambourine People. Did I do Next Bus to the Sun? I think I, I, I thought that was a tie-in, Next Bus to so the Sun. So that wasn't about the Partridge Family bus? <laughs> no. I hadn't oh. thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> With fairest wheels and sunshine laughter A rainbow love that lasted after the rain mm-hmm. Now we're separated And I've become a lonely runner And when I rest, I hurt and I wonder if I'll Six, six. 
day Lonely sailors pass the time away And talk about their homes And there's a girl in this harbor town And she works laying whiskey down They say brandy, fetch another round She serves them whiskey and wine They say, they say brandy You're a fine girl Salty, it ain't 
It can stick right to your skin and make you feel fine. Stripes there in the shade. 
Alrighty, that is Sonny Jim White. We're playing a lot of vintage retro music tonight, and that is far back as I can go at Trap Rock. That's from Sonny Jim White's earliest album, Life in the Laidback Lane. We also had Tin Cup Chalice. While the Partridge family was uh, all the rage on TV, Jimmy Buffett was just getting started out there in uh, Nashville recording, and we heard one of his early classics, Tin Cup Chalice. We also had Brandy from Looking Glass, which is, of course, a classic. Everybody's still performing that one these days. Echo Valley 26809 from Sound Magazine. The Partridge Family. Was written by Rupert Holmes. Right, who later did Pina Colada Song. Pina Colada Song and a few other hits. Yeah. And I remember reading somewhere, I think in Rupert Holmes. Rupert Holmes' Greatest Hits is a pretty good album, by the way, if you ever get a chance to listen to his other stuff. Funny stuff, story songs. But He, he did Echo Valley, didn't he? He no. recorded his own version of no. it. No, I was just going to say... They, he was. He's been asked about that a lot. Why didn't you record it? And he says. He says the Partridge Family one was so good. He says I didn't want to touch it. And he also said that it was the first time he could take his girlfriend out for dinner because he had some money because <laughs> the song was on the Partridge Family album. That's funny. But it's a great song. That that yeah, is, it is that whole Sound Magazine. Uh, if you're familiar with the well, you obviously are familiar with the the catalog. But that is. It's a story song. That's their album. Sorts too, which is kind of his thing, like the twist ending, right? Pina Colada song was yeah. kind of like that, right? And yeah, he's great for story songs. And that was toward the <clears throat> the end of the era when they had the phone numbers with the. Uh, Things on it like Echo Valley, just people, exchanges and yeah. Whatnot. Yeah, I'm almost too young. Wow, for that. we're really old talking about. That. Yeah, I know. I don't remember that. I vaguely remember it. In fact, but there were a lot of songs like that. Beachwood, four, five, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, and, right. And later we had the Carpenters did a cover of that. Another yes. one of my loves. That's right. Your work. You might do some car, something with the Carpenters. Oh, at maybe some point. someday. Right. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Richard Carpenter just put out a book. You yeah, know it's it's a beautiful book. Yeah. All right, we've got very special guests um, on the telephone. From the Partridge Family Show, Chris Partridge, Brian Forster. He has been on our show the last couple of years. He's going to join us tele- uh, via telephone. And we've got Jeff Pike from A1A, who is a super fan. And Jeff, because of doing this on our show every year, uh, connected with Brian. And when Jeff was doing the Abomania tour, he went out to uh, meet uh, Brian. And they hung out together. And Brian went yeah. to the ABBA show. and all kind of- So everybody, we're all friends now. Really? So how fun is that? How did we miss that show? Where were we? We had to fly to Washington (laughs) State, I think it was, or something. But we'll find out. And uh, that's coming up next. Ray Miller is in the house. Mr. Partridge Family himself. Hey, hey. The author of When We're Singing, the authoritative Partridge Family uh, book. And you've got a brand new one we're going to talk about called uh, I Was James Cagney's... James Cagney was my babysitter. Babysitter. And we're going to explain more. And we have Chris in the house. Mezalesta. That's the one. From the Tambourine People. Indeed, indeed. Glad to be here. Glad to get it back the fourth time, Dennis. I don't know if we should applaud. (laughs) (laughs) When the pressure's on with something like that, I'm I'm always going to screw it up. All right. We're going out to uh, West to talk to one of the members of the Partridge family. He was the drummer on the show, Brian Forster, Chris Partridge. Welcome, Brian. Hey, how you doing? Brian. Doing good. Welcome back. Thank you. My God, I'm getting to be a regular. Really? Yeah, this is like three, four years in a row, and, I, and we love it. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the check, though. <laughs> <laughs> there was Hal Blaine, but there was Chris Partridge. That's right. Yes. 
Checks in the mail, Keeping Brian. the beats. Keeping the, keeping the rhythm. Keeping the rhythm going. I love it. Fantastic. Welcome. So glad you're back on the show. Johnny Ray Miller in the house, like we mentioned. And uh, Chris from the Tambourine People. Hello, Brian. Nice to meet you. Another Chris? Another Chris. Chris, yeah. Chris and Chris. Absolutely. I feel really outnumbered. <laughs> so how you been in this well, past it's year? okay. How you been in this past year? Who are you talking to? Brian, you, you. <laughs> oh, me. See, yeah. there's too many Chris's now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Brian Forrester. Brian. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's my real name. Yeah, things are, <laughs> things are fine. Things are fine. I'm uh, listening to the Island Time. Wishing I had my toes in the sand over there at Tortola on Br- British Virgin Islands. Yeah, that would be nice. Love it. And over the past year, you got to meet our other guest that we have on the telephone, Jeff Pike from A1A. Jeff, are you there? Hey, guys, I'm here. Good to hear all your voices at once again. Hey, Jeff. Hey, great to hear from you. It's good to be here. Great to hear your voice, man. How you guys doing, Dennis, Johnny? Doing good. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Jeff, of course, is in the ABBA Mania Tour, and he plays Benny at the show, and you hooked up with Brian over the winter, and you guys uh, took pictures and everything. It was great, right? Yeah, we had a great time. I'll let Brian tell that story. <laughs> he wants oh, great. It's on me. I, you know, I would start by saying you don't want to use the phrase hooked up. That doesn't quite sound right. <laughs> yeah, well, that, there you that's go. Why I said I'm going to let you use it. <laughs> 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 no, it's funny because when I was on the show last time, um, I, so I, really, I still want to see A1A. I'm working on that one. But they were on tour, you know, and, and he said, hey, I'm going to be in Modesto, is that close to you? Well, no, not really, but hell, I want to do this anyway. And, um, man, what a show. It was fun. Yeah, it is. Oh, thanks, Brian. Yeah, a lot, lot of fun. And you were uh, backstage and everything. You got to see everything. Yeah, so it was funny because he had me go backstage, and, of course, he wanted pictures of me sitting at the drum kit. And, I, you know, the audience is coming in, and they're on the other side of the curtain, so I don't want to, you know, go crazy or anything. So I'm just lightly kind of rapping away on the drums, and he goes, you know, that sounds like the the opening to Fernando. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, let's go then. I'm ready. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Jeff Pike, how have you been this past year? Oh, my gosh. I've, I've been real busy. Yeah. And I think i got to tell you, ever since, good Lord, our, uh, our first, ever since the first weekend of June 2020, I have 2021. I've been planned. I mean, I thought you know 2020 was a total bust for everybody, and uh, but I got back from out west doing my record and finished that up, and got home and I was kind of expecting another empty summer, but 2021 just took off and A1A was extremely busy, and then that went right into Abamania season, and then A1A season just took off again, and we're I haven't slowed down yet. So it's been a, it's been a fantastically busy couple of years and yeah. i can't believe it's already 2022 so we've been doing really well i'm actually trying to find time to uh, uh to take off and get some other things moving but we've been doing well a1a is doing great abba mania is going to be doing it better and uh longer you know since abba's gotten back together for a little bit and got their new success it's kind of transformed into more dates and bigger dates for us so brian i'll be out there again on the west coast so um, I know I've seen the advanced schedule. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? 
It's uh, so they might need a drummer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Somebody. All right, let's go. It's going great, Dennis. It's going good. So things are well here, man. How are things going with you? Good, good, good. And I think you're coming to Cleveland in the fall. We'll have to talk about that. All right. And if we guys definitely have a, a ticket, Johnny Ray, where are you hanging your head? I keep hey, forgetting. I'm here. I'm here. I uh, I went out to Vegas in April, and we were just talking about that earlier, and um, we celebrated David Cassidy's star on the on the Walk of Fame out uh, there. That was a blast. That you know, I couldn't go, and my heart was totally totally broken. I had friends from England coming over for the whole thing, and uh, I've been having a, a slew of, of family parent issues. I've been having to deal with this year. But outside of work, I've been taking up an enormous amount of my time, and it all just hit at the wrong time, and there was no way I could get out. I'd been planning to go for about a year, and then when it came, I just couldn't, and I just oh, really wow. hated it. So I'm glad to see you were out there and, and doing it well, but it looked fantastic. Oh, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of spirit in the air. It was just really nice, and uh he deserved it, you know. He made he broke records down there in Vegas, and um, you know fans were thrilled to see him have his day with that. Yeah, the photos on I saw on Facebook and everything just looked fantastic. It looked like it was really well done, and the turnout was was beautiful. I know all my friends had a good time out there. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, doggone! I wish you could have too. Yeah, that committee did a really uh, good job. Sure did. It looked like they really did a fantastic job with it, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, I hope you get out get out there to see it we'll be back in vegas i believe playing the smith center again this year and when i when we're out there i've got to find that star and get a picture with it it's uh oh. yeah it's got a really great spot just right out front of the paris hotel beautiful spot okay. good excellent and that's gonna be, be my first place to go when i get out there so when brian forrester gets his star on out there we'll we'll make a trip out there for that one brian too. you're next yeah, we got okay. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me to jump the fountain at Caesar's Palace. I'm not going to do that. Dude, that was that was my next request. But in a car. <laughs> yeah, I have stuntmen to do that. <laughs> we have talked about this on the show before. Brian is a race car driver, and I, I believe you're still doing that, right? I'm trying to. I had a crash earlier this year, and oh, really? you know, supply chain issues, I guess. Um, I've got parts out in Illinois and everywhere else, and they're not getting the job done. So, uh, still hmm. waiting. Wow, oh, really? Okay. And you were talking maybe about maybe I'll get one of the dr- one of the drum techs or something. Maybe they can get it done. <laughs> and you were talking about moving uh, because of the racing career uh, to the Europe, right, or something like that. Well, not because of the racing, but it just so happens that the kind of cars I race. England is like the mecca for Formula Car racing, but okay. uh, more more than that, it's just my family's there. So, oh, is that right? Oh, they're all over there. Okay. So, Brian, you need yep. to come back to Kings Island. We were just talking about that earlier. Is so? What is this, is Kings Island still around? Is it still? I mean, it's old school now. They're yeah, they're celebrating their fiftieth anniversary and uh, your show, right? Is it fifty? It's fifty years, and they invited Barry Williams, and I was like, "Well, come on, yeah, you what's gotta, up with that? You we got need Brian Forster there." Yes. Come yeah, on. we did a whole show around that place. I know, that. I, I was, know. Why is it always the Bradys? Can you tell me this? Why? I don't yes. know. Those damn Bradys. Every time I turn around. The, don't get me started on the Brady versus the Partridge family thing. <laughs> I know, but you know what? They lose tonight. 
That's right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Bruce's not on here. <laughs> That's right. Barry's not here. It was 50 years ago that you guys shot that uh, episode, and Johnny was telling me that you had a total blast. I mean, how old were you at that point? You were... Uh, 13 or 14. Oh, 13. You were that old. Okay. But you had a blast. Yeah, huh? it was the last year of the show, I think. Second but, or third. Uh, yeah, third we, season. Yeah. We, no, actually, you know, ask Johnny. He's the expert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was third season. I think it was third, yeah. Yeah. But uh, what are your memories? Okay, Brief, briefly, what are your mem- memories of Cincinnati and, <laughs> and Kings Island? Oh, it was fun. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, here we are. We're at the right age, and we have the run of the place, and we all have our own security guards. And Suzanne and Danny and I got to ride the roller coaster as many times as we wanted to. And we went time after time after time. I don't think our little bodyguards were so happy with it, but we loved it. (laughs) Was that the racer? That was the big one at the time, the racer. Yeah. Yeah. You probably don't even remember the name of it. But yeah, it was the, that, that, was, that would have been the racer, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was a Kings Island fan. You know, I live in Ohio, and our family went down there every year. Yeah. But we didn't discover the park uh, until after the Partridge family. But, yeah, that, that was a fun park. I was very upset that, I, that, that they shot that, and I didn't know about it. I know, time. me too. <laughs> I was like, well, if I would have known about it, I would have been begging my parents to go down there. I know. Because we used to go there pretty often as well. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. And we yeah, all- it was fun, and I I remember staying in the hotel and fireflies or something we don't have in California, and I was fascinated by the fireflies. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, right about this time of year is uh, firefly yeah season. And another thing we discovered last time is uh, Brian is not a Partridge Family fanatic like Johnny and I, and he doesn't play the albums a lot. But uh- so we have to fill Brian in on the trivia, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> We know more about what you did on the show than he, than he does. Than he does, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, well, there is that. No, I was more like David Cassidy. I was more into, you know, Hendrix and, you know, some of the other stuff. And right. so, you know, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it's just fun to find that, find out stuff like that, yeah, yeah. So uh, what else is going on out there with you these days? Ooh, me? Yeah, with your career and everything. Well, so I'm I'm settled, sort of like Jeff. I'm dealing with a lot of family issues, and okay. uh, uh, man, my life is yeah. <laughs> if I was uh, you know having to work a nine to five job right now, I, I don't know how I'd find time for everything. It's crazy. So yeah, I think it comes with being our age, and we're all kind of going through stuff like that. Yeah. What do you mean our age? What are you talking about? <laughs> I think I might be close to your age, Brian. I think all the listeners, aren't your listeners like 18 to 25 or something? Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> Whatever you need to tell yourself, Brian. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, let's call the demographics department. <laughs> but I was telling Johnny, we get a whole new audience on this show every year because we get all these uh, David Partridge uh, fans. I've been, I saw a ton of them on Facebook today, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone was excited. It's a whole, and Johnny is very famous now in this Partridge world. Wow. He has I, all these connections now. I'm the hanger-on. I'm hanging on to Brian's ride. You had dinner uh, with Shirley recently, right? I saw yeah. the pictures. Yeah. How, tell us about Jeez. Oh, she's wonderful, you know? Yeah. She's, man, I don't know what I'd do without her. She, she's she been uh, so good to me through all of this and so supportive of the book. And so anytime I go do the Hollywood show or a convention out there... Um, 
you know, I check in and see if she wants to go to lunch. And it's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, a few years ago, you told me the story. You were freaking out that she called you at all. And, oh um, man, that yeah, that's one of my favorite dinner stories. With her and, uh, <laughs> I, know, I can't believe. It. I pinch myself every day. It, it really is. You it's know, amazing. Kind of amazing. Yeah, the first time I uh, approached Shirley about the book, uh, well, it would have been through her management, which was Marty Engels, her husband. And we went back and forth a couple times on emails. Then I heard nothing for about three weeks. And I thought, well, you know, this is never going to happen. What am I thinking? And I'm at a grocery store checkout line, and my groceries are, like, going across the conveyor belt. And this was the day of the flip-top phone. This is before, you know, the phones that, are, that were so modernized. Yeah. And my phone rings, and I say hello, and I hear this voice go, Hi, John. This is Shirley Jones. I drop my groceries. I, you know, I'm trying to sound cool and collected. Hi, Shirley. You know, my hands are shaking. I drop my groceries and I walk out onto the sidewalk because I want to get out of there and leave everything. And I never go back in and get my groceries, never go in and pay for them, nothing. But I stand out on the sidewalk and, you know, try to be calm, cool and collected. And then, um, and that's how the ball got rolling on the whole thing. That is wild. Wow, that's, that's amazing. She's never called me. <laughs> she said that about you, Brian. Uh, you've replaced me. Uh, <laughs> Are you Chris now, or what's the story? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. No, I'm, I'm in the Cousin Oliver category, probably, you know. Little Ricky. we got to get Brian right, to those Hollywood shows, right? Yeah, Maybe we Brian. need to get Brian to the Hollywood show, I know. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. Brian, if you can hang with us just a couple more minutes, I'm going to play a couple Partridge Classics. And Jeff Pike, if you got any more uh, questions or uh, comments, you know, Jeff, you can chime in there. Yep, I'm still here. Just let's, enjoying the ride on the bus. Let's do uh, Summer Days, and then I'm going to do Point Me. Ah, uh, I love that song. I knew you'd say that. I knew that was Brian's favorite song. I think I remember that. So, so there we go. Summer Days on uh, Island Time Tonight. Partridge Family Time. Perfectly high above all time and space, and I. 
window walking downtown Feeling mighty good And I noticed from the corner How all alone she stood Underneath the lamplight An angel in disguise Lonely little runaway With teardrops in her eyes Crazy little rag doll Her hair was wild and tossed And I put my arm around her Cause I knew that she was lost She didn't seem to notice That anyone was near Till suddenly she turned to me And whispered in my ear Point me Point me in the direction of Albuquerque from the very first Partridge Family album. And Johnny, I know I told you this story in the past. In my fourth grade class, we had the album out one day, and our teacher went out to lunch and left us all by ourselves with a record player. And we were playing it on that little school phonograph as loud as possible, and the whole whole class was dancing. And the teacher came back, and she's like, whoa, whoa, and she started dancing with us That's to the Partridge Family That's a great story. Brian's got one of yes. those stories, don't you, Brian? I thought I remember Brian telling that story as well. No, I've 
got lots of stories, but you know, I was listening to that song, listening to the bass, and and you got the uh, sound quality on my end is horrible, but I can hear the bass and going, wow, that is really good. Yeah, and we have a bass player on the line, don't we? Isn't Chris a bass player? Yeah, I am indeed. <laughs> And what I would read the. That base? Oh, you're enjoying it. Always good, and I was always reading the liner notes, and of course, you know, the, they had the great players. Uh, that was Joe Osborne. Joe Osborne on that, that was, one, yeah. Yep, yep. Joe Osborne, Larry Nectel, all the great Joe uh, Osborne, Wrecking Crew guys. Uh, yeah, Crew, all those yeah. Wrecking Crew guys played on the Partridge Family albums, and Joe Osborne was one of, um, maybe even the only one who played on every single Partridge Family album. Yeah. That's right. There's a bit of trivia that most people won't know besides you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Base trivia. You got to be a nerd about something, right? Exactly. So, anytime. Yeah, that was awesome. And I love the vibrato that David had on uh, Summer Days. Yeah. I mean, he was, God, his voice was so good. You yeah. know, that song was actually written and ready to go as the title song for the Cherish album. It wasn't supposed to be Cherish. It was supposed to be Summer Days. Wow. And then at the 11th hour, Wes Farrell um, changed his mind, and he felt it was more of a Partridge Family song. He called up Tony Romeo and said, hey, what's one of the most uh, listened-to, celebrated hits that you can think of? And not knowing why... Uh, Wes Farrell was asking him, and he answered, Cherish, by the association. And uh, within days, uh, there was a rearranged uh, thing where they, they pulled Summer Days and hmm. put Cherish in. Yeah. Well, they're bo- both great songs. And Cherish, as big as a hit as it was for the association, David, it's a whole different style. Very much. I can appreciate them both on different you know, different yeah. reasons or whatever I'm trying to say. Yeah. But um, fantastic. Jeff Pike, are you still there? I'm still here, and I have a question for Johnny Ray. I was thinking about it, listening to those last two songs, which just never get old. Yeah. And, um, about, I guess it was about a year ago now, you and I had our last phone conversation, time to slide, and during our last conversation, we talked extensively about an idea you had about possibly doing a big coffee table book about yeah. all the purchase family albums and the covers and details on things like that. And it seemed really excited, and I was wondering what uh, became of that idea. You were still working on that? For well, the or something? it's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it's still an idea. You had a big, a big list at the time. I yeah, um, yeah well, I guess that morphs right into like you know what my next project uh, has turned out to be. I have all these irons in the fire, and the one that has materialized here that we're coming up to next is a, a children's book I co-wrote with Ryan Cassidy that's going to be out in January called James Cagney mm-hmm. Was My Babysitter. So uh, yeah, gonna... that one's next, but that is something I'd still like to do. Wouldn't that be cool, wouldn't it, to have a Partridge Family coffee table book with commentary all the way throughout about the music? A picture book, but commentary about the music. I think that would be cool. And yeah. the album cover. I just got one of those, uh, speaking of the Carpenters, like like you were, I'm as big a Carpenter fan as I am a Partridge Family fan, and they have said I got a uh, Richard Carpenter's new book. And there was another book too that I missed, which is also a, a book about all their album covers and it had the exact same thing. Actually, and it's really really nice. So I'm in that book. Um, I was one. I was one of the commentators on the Carpenter's uh, Illustrated Discography book, okay. and I love that book so much. What he did, I thought the the people he brought in were so brilliant in what they had to say and their observations on the music. That's kind of how I got the idea. Randy Schmidt uh, did that book, and he he's a 
best-selling author for his book on the life of Karen Carpenter. It's a fantastic book. He's I've just a one. really great yeah. writer and a good guy, and I, I love his ideas. I just really love his ideas. Well, I'm in Iowa right now. When I get home tomorrow, I'm going to dig it out again and start reading it because I've just gotten it like days before I left to go out of town. So I had a chance to dig into it. I didn't know you were in that. I, my apologies. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's uh, it's funny that you brought that up. Um, I had a blast doing that. I was so honored to be part of that. Those oh uh, those musicians that all spoke to that music, and then you know, here's the Partridge Family guy. <laughs> yeah. There's also been a rumor I heard recently that the the albums might finally come out on vinyl again. Is that? I've not heard that. Anybody? Possible? No, I, re- I read that somewhere. <laughs> really? I don't know. You know, it might have just been a chat on the Parch Family group or whatever. But I, mm-hmm. it, it was it was more than just talk. It was like some somebody somewhere was thinking about doing this. Wow, which that would I think be fantastic. would make perfect sense today. Yeah, because you know, isn't that funny how vinyl is coming back? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You know the thing I that mean, I. We- I'm very aware that the fan base really wants the unreleased songs. Well, they too, have yeah. forever. You that know, too, I wish yeah. they'd put those out. All right. Well, very good. Thank you, Jeff Pike, for joining us tonight. How fun was this? It's great. Good to hear all your voices at the same time. Take care of yourselves, gentlemen. Hey, nice to hear from you, Jeff. And Brian Forster, yeah. thank you so much for joining us again. It's a real treat. I'll be back next year. That's Make your plan. Love it. Last Monday of June? Unless I have my toes in the sand and, uh, you know, in uh, <laughs> somewhere tropical where I have no uh, internet reception. So, uh, right. I'll take that. Show, Brian. Yeah, I'll Monday take Monday. that too. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you guys for all for joining us. We really appreciate it. Well, right. thank you for having us. All right. Fin's up to you. Surf's up to you. Bye, guys. And uh, let, bye, guys. make your plans next, next year. Yeah, get back on that bus. That's right. All right, we got Brian. We got Brian Forster. We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. We got Chris Mezalesta from Tambourine People in the house. I don't have a little maraca, so I'll just. <laughs> you know, I got an extra one. I'll bring that up. We have our uh, studio audience, Cheryl and uh, Joanne. Welcome from the North Coast Parrothead Club. All right. All right. This weekend we've got a house concert on Sunday or Saturday. Saturday. Saturday we've got Christine Jackson and Bob Banerjee playing together in Brunswick, Ohio. Look for that on Facebook. It is called Red, White, and Blues or something like that, the show, the house concert. That's, uh, did you say Saturday? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Okay, Saturday. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here as well. We're going to do a song from the David Cassidy Cherish album. And uh, I try to put something a little bit different in each year, you know, instead of just playing Cherish every year. I just want to make you happy. Remember that one? Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Is that Bobby Hart wrote that? I I don't have the information in front of me, but uh, probably. Yeah. That we talked about that this first album was very much like a Partridge album. Yeah, it has a very a lot of the similar same writers, song. but it was I did even then I noticed it was kind of breaking away from it. They pulled back on the background vocals. Yeah, there a wasn't lot. that going on. Yeah. And then as the years went on, David got more and more to his own thing and and they actually uh, changed his style quite a bit. But check this one out. It's called I Just Want to Make You Happy from Cherish, Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Chris Mezzolesta from Tambourine People with us. Having a good time. Retro night on Island Time. I'm just a tambourine man, a lonely one man man. So many people near me. Won't someone stop and hear me speak that shine? 
All right, we just we just had uh, Starbuck, of course. Moonlight feels right, 1976. I only want to make you happy, David. I just want to make you happy, David Cassidy from the Cherish album.
That is a classic from the 70s, Bobby Bloom with Montego Bay. We also had Seals and Crofts with Summer Breeze, one of my favorites, featuring that childhood uh, uh, piano, the kid piano in there. And we've got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. We've got uh, Chris Mezzel Lester. Oh, man. You're really. Oh, man. (laughs) From the tambourine people. And uh, we have a surprise for you, folks. I did not know this was going to happen, but Johnny Ray Miller has cut connections out the wazoo. <laughs> we are going to have... You just wrote a book with Ryan Cassidy. Yes. And now he is... Uh, he is David's youngest brother, uh, you know, the youngest of four in the Cassidy family. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as public growing up. He, he didn't have a teen... Uh, he took a different direction. ...idol era. Yeah. But he's done a lot of things. And he's come out with this book that you co-wrote with him. Yeah. Called uh, James Cagney Was My Babysitter, right? Yep, that's right. And we have Ryan Cassidy on the telephone. We're going to talk to Ryan here for a couple of minutes after this quick break on Island Time tonight. This show is just getting crazier every year. i tell you what. Isn't it? Johnny Ray Miller is in the house. Johnny, welcome. Hey, hey. We have a very special guest on the telephone. It is Ryan Cassidy. Ryan, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good. The great Ryan Cassidy. Johnny Ray Miller. (laughs) Hey, what's going on, man? Welcome to Island Time, Ryan. How are you? Well, thanks for having me on. This is pretty cool. Uh, You just co-wrote a book with Johnny, and uh, I'm going to let you guys talk about it. Go ahead, Johnny. Can you believe it? We're here, Ryan. We're talking about it finally. It's it's been a work in progress for a long time, and and Johnny believed in it, and I'll let Johnny kind of open it up and tell you a little bit about it, and then I'll take over. Well, I'll tell you what. I was doing um, a show promoting my book, and Ryan uh, came over, and I was, you know, so excited to meet him. Yeah. And uh, new to the whole thing, and um, the next day, I think it was the second day, he came back over, and he started telling me about this idea that he always had that was something he always wanted to do, um, and it was to do a book about this one day uh, in his childhood that influenced him and had a big impact on him forever. And um, that's what the story is about. It's one day in the life of young Ryan Cassidy when James Cagney spent the afternoon with him and uh, had a, um, you know, a relationship with him um, that day that affected his life in a positive way. Ooh, I hear you hear that? Uh, that's that's it. Yeah. 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 So, so basically, go ahead. In a nutshell, I uh, so I work in the film business. I'm a, I work in the set decorating department for TV and film, and uh, I've been doing that about thirty years. Prior to that, I was an actor. I started out as an actor, and then I I'd, I'd always had an interest in design and architecture, which actually my father had a strong interest in as well. So I, I got I got I started working behind the camera, and I. I've worked on various different shows and feature films. I currently work on NCIS. Wow. But I was working on a show one time, and a guy came up to me and said, you know, you come from a family of actors and singers and performers, and you must have met a lot of interesting people in your day. And I said, well, I guess. I said, I, you know, I 
it's I don't really think of it like that. It's like you know you work come from the hardware store business. You meet hardware store people. I I grew up in Hollywood, and I yeah I've worked around a lot of people and 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 met a lot of wonderful people. And, and he said, well, who's the most interesting person you've met? And I said, you know. I spent the afternoon as a little when I was a little boy. I spent the afternoon sort of by accident with the actor James Cagney, and he stopped. He paused. He said, "You got to be kidding me! James Cagney was your babysitter?" <laughs> and I said, "You know, he was. <laughs> I guess if you want to say it that he was my babysitter, he was my babysitter." But I mean, I was I was about seven years old, and I didn't think of it like he was my babysitter. Sure. I just, quite frankly, I didn't know who he was. I was, it was sort of happened by accident. Sure. And what the charm of the story is that I didn't realize who he was until later in life. But um, it, it's, it's basically, it's, it's from the point of view of when I was a little kid. And I was, my father picked me up one afternoon and said, we're going to go by the Cagney's house. And I just, whatever my dad did, I said, sure, dad. He, at the time, was separated from my mom, and, uh, you know, it was just a, a, an outing with Dad that day, and happened to be that we were on our way to the Cagney's house. Well, you know, just another day at the Cagney's. <laughs> and what happened was we went there, and as we drove up there, he got a call that unexpectedly he had to do something else. And by the time we arrived, Cagney found this out and said, why don't you leave Brian here and come back and get him? So he's not, you know, because it was something he really was kind of torn between taking me to. And so I ended up, uh, Cagney said, leave, leave him here and come back and get him. So I spent about five hours in his house. And the, the magic that came out of that afternoon was something that I never forgot about. When again, Ryan, not really knowing who the man was, so it was pretty special. When Ryan first told me the story, I could just immediately see it all. Like, I felt like I was there the way he described the story. And, um, you know, and I'm visioning in my head uh, this story, and the next thing he says is he talked about the giving tree. Do you remember that? Uh, Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree. And so this book was, was kind of inspired by that style of a book. Yeah, it was the, the idea was, that I, well, I use that as a template, sort of, just as a, about the, the, um, the relationship between a little boy and uh, something bigger than him and, you know, something that was magical to him, that, that gave to him, and that he saw uh, a child in as well, and which was Cagney was in the total antithesis of all the characters he played in movies. He was a very soft-spoken, gentle soul that loved to draw, loved to talk to animals, and, you know, he he loved horses, and he had a, an owl that lived in this tree that he referred to as his friend, the owl. So it was kind of a special day that it came from, you know, a very... Um, my father was very strict in the sense that everything in the house had to be perfect, and so I always felt I had to be on my best best behavior when I was around other people at other people's homes and when I Cagney was incredibly kind and made me feel right at home and uh, uh, I just never forgot it. I saw some amazing things in this house as a kid that I was just absolutely in awe of that just stayed with me for the rest of my life. So, Isn't it funny again, how... The, 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 the magic of it all is that I didn't really know who he was except that he was an actor. He'd done a movie with my mom and he was a tap dancer and I kind of thought tap dancing was a cool form of uh, dance as a kid, and and uh, but that was it. It wasn't until later that I realized body hmm. work that he'd done. So that's yeah. wild, isn't it? Funny how we have all have 
some moment in our life or or adults from our childhood who uh, they may have done something, said something, there was a day and perhaps they don't even know that they played such a role yeah. or an influence in your life. Um, that's what this book is. It's that moment. Uh, one of those right. moments. Yeah. So I, it's really, it's really a, 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 a one, it's, it's the day in the life of my childhood spent with him that happened kind of by accident, it wasn't planned. And then the just the sweet stuff that came out of that afternoon, you know, that I always wanted to share. I wanted to share it, I wanted to give back to, uh, on his behalf. And the fact you so, can remember it all so well today uh, shows, you know, how strong... Uh, much yeah, of an how powerful! Yeah, his personality obviously was a strong personality, and uh, oh yeah, very memorable. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. I'm I'm really proud of it. I'm very I'm very humbled by it and grateful that John is willing to. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm so honored to have been asked. Are you kidding me? You know that he that he asked me to do this with him, and we're just at the beginning of this. You know, and. Uh, uh, the fun is starting already, though. You know, we're getting ready. It's yeah. going to launch in January, uh, so we're just starting to talk about it now. The cool, the cool thing about it is that at first I didn't see it as a children's book. I saw it as a short story book. I didn't know what category it would fall into. There's actually a huge uh, kids entertainment section, and it's, it's in that section. And there's all kinds of people you'd think kids wouldn't know that are, that are you know, books made about yeah autobiographical books about. You know, different people on, uh, whether it be Cagney now, and there's one on Audrey Hepburn, and, you know, of course, Helen Keller, and you know, all kinds of people that you just, uh, Bruce Lee, it's just amazing how many children's books there are about people you wouldn't think kids would know. Yeah, that's true. So, Dennis, does that mean you're going to play Yankee Doodle Dandy tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Had I known ahead of time. <laughs> right. I Next time. Next time. I would have dug that out. <laughs> I just watched his move, you know, the... What's the big movie? The patriotic one. I just watched that about a year ago. Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah, Yankee Doodle, it's, yep. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I did. I sang those songs in choir when I was a kid, but I didn't realize the impact of that movie till I saw it. That's, yeah. Yeah, he played George Cohen. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. He was, he was spectacular in it. I just watched some of it tonight. Oh, okay. It's that time of year coming up. Yeah. Do you know? I hate yeah. to admit this. I I have to admit it though. I've never seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. Really. Well, yeah, I need to see it. It's one of those gotta sees, right? Now that you've co-written well, this book, it was, it was. If you ever see Cagney interviews, it was his favorite role. Okay. And the most interesting interesting thing about James Cagney is that when he was a movie actor, he viewed these jobs as just a job. He didn't view the whole thing of Hollywood. The gla- he didn't buy into the glam of it all. He didn't think, oh, "I'm a movie star and I'm this and that." To him, it was just a way to earn a living. And, you know, he um, he really wasn't into, he was a very private guy, so he'd do a film and then he'd go back to his farm on Martin's Vineyard, back, back in upstate New York, and uh, spend time with his horses. And uh, he was an environmentalist, and you know, they said love paint and drawing. And, uh, so, so Hollywood to him wasn't what, what it was all meant, you know, made up to be. He didn't consider himself to be this icon, this big movie star. He said, I just did the job. That's all it was. Very cool. Yeah. So very humble man, you know. Yeah. And, uh, something to be said about that. So when uh, is it not available now, but it's coming on January? You can pre-order it on yeah, Amazon. Yeah. yeah, it's available for pre-order on Amazon, but it'll yeah, be... Yeah, and Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Yeah, yeah. 
Excellent. Is there anything else yeah. you wanted to mention, so, uh, Ryan, while we got you on the air? Anything? Oh, uh, no, I'm just, uh, just thank you for having me, and I'm, and I'm certainly proud of um, my family and all the incredible work that they've, that they've done and that they've given to people. So yes. thank you for having me on, and, um, and Johnny's been wonderful in terms of keeping the legacy of my brother alive, and I'm Oh man! Thank you, thank you so much, Ryan. That's so nice. And and I wish everyone the best. Your family has definitely provided us a lot, yeah, over the years. Yeah, thank you. I I agree with you. I'm I'm proud of them. Ryan Cassidy, thanks so much for being on Island Time. This was fun. Hey, great talking to you, Ryan. Thank you for having me. You too, Johnny. Take care of yourself. Talk to you later. Okay. Mm. Fins up. Surfs up. Bye. All right, Ryan Cassidy on Island Time. That's a first, Johnny Ray Miller. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, He's the greatest guy. Who's next? I know. Who are we going to get? Uh, Shirley. Shirley. Okay. <laughs> no, no, don't put that pressure on me. <laughs> uh, you did a thing a couple of years ago online where you did a, 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 it was one of those Zoom things. Oh, yeah. And you had Bruce Kimmel on. And the Bo- Partridge Family 50th anniversary. And you had Shirley on that Zoom yeah. thing. That was pretty That weird. was amazing, truly. Um, that was just something, you know. What a great thing during the um, pandemic to be able to do those Zoom reunions. You know, there was a lot of those that happened. Right. Um, L.A. Law. And uh, I, I forget what all was on. I think they did Knott's Landing and a bunch of others. Real quick Partridge Family question. I, you know, forever we've always heard that Susan Day was the one that didn't want to talk about it anymore and she'd had enough. And I read somewhere recently that that's not true, that that she doesn't go out of her way. You know, she's not like Danny or, you know, I'm all over the Partridge, you know. It's it's yeah. just, she just doesn't uh, respond to it as well. But it's it's not that she doesn't want to, it's not that she shunned it. Is that true? I, or, or am I, I don't know. You honestly. don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, she's very quiet. Because you can't get a hold of her. No. Yeah, <laughs> she's very quiet about it. And my feeling is always, um, I just kind of respect that. You okay. know, no, I do I too. Kind of. Yeah, too. no, she's always very quiet about it. I've never seen her at an autograph show uh, for even for L.A. Law. She did do the L.A. Law reunion, though. Okay. Yeah, she last, was on that. Last Partridge thing I remembered was in the 90s when she did that takeoff on Saturday Night Live. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that something? That was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. You remember that? She did some appearances, you know, through the 90s. She she, she and David Cassidy um, came out as presenters on the MTV oh, yes. Awards. And fans yes. remember that real yeah. vividly. Yeah. yeah. And she called into the Danny show when Danny had his talk show and talked yes. to him. Yeah, I was so. working on TV. We aired it. I remember that. Oh, no kidding! Very well. Yeah, they had Jeremy there. Everybody was there. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Ironically, everybody but David. He had yeah. some kind of a commitment. You know, but did he call in or something? I don't. No, know. he didn't. Okay. I didn't, didn't call in. You know, I was thinking the other day: was there ever a full cast Partridge Family reunion? There's always somebody missing, and really, the only thing we ever had was the Thanksgiving reunion in 1977. The My Three Sons. And he. Yeah, and yeah. even then, Susan Day called. She did call in. You know, we got a video of her. Oh. But uh, really, you know, it wasn't a really great, thrilling reunion. But <laughs> No, it was an odd reunion. Yeah, it was. It was. But yeah. we did have one. That's about all we had, though, for a full cast Partridge family. One reunion. real quick thing I remember from that Danny show. Uh, uh, D- Danny, of course, he's kind of like us. He remembers the shows really well. Yeah. And he remembers little things. And, and he's telling Ruben, Dave Madden, about a particular episode he goes don't you remember that david when we did that and they and we were out in the campsite and then and ruben's like that was 35 years ago i don't remember anything about that <laughs> but i remember relating to that because i'm like i get it danny because you know we would know that kind yeah of stuff. yeah 
Anyway, whenever I've, I've told that story. Whenever I'm watching any TV show, if if the guy was on a part or lady was on a Partridge Family episode, I'll meet and it, and it, it could be a movie far removed from the Partridge Family. I'll go. That's the guy that was in the elevator scene. I know. In I the skunk episode. I know. Yeah. they had so many great guest stars on oh, that yeah. show. Great guest stars. You know, Jodie Foster was on there, and Farrah Fawcett, and all the Charlie's Angels, right? Not all of them, but we had Cheryl, what, Cheryl Ladd was Cheryl on there, Ladd. and uh, Jacqueline Smith. Some were very well-known, and some not so well-known, like the guy in the elevator. Yeah. So, uh, so Brady's top that. Exactly. Uh, Rob Reiner, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Oh, yes. Rob, Rob Reiner, Reiner played a motorcycle guy. He was a right. snake. Snake, yes. yes. That's right. And was and, not uh, Richard Pryor in one as well? He was. Yes. Oh, very Great good. episode. Great yeah. episode. Louis Gossett was with him in right. that one. Yeah. I remember watching that and not knowing who those guys were. And then years later, I'm like, oh, my God, Richard Pryor. And yeah, you know, me crazy. too. And later, uh, apparently Rob Reiner was too busy, so they had a different guy do Snake later. Remember that? Yeah. In the season that, four. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we're getting off the topic. Let's do uh, some more music as we get into home stretch of the show. This is probably my personal favorite part, this family song. I've, I've brought this up before. And uh, it's one of those nights. I love it. Now, who wrote that one? That is a Tony Romeo song. This is Tony. Mm -hmm. Tony Romeo, in my opinion, wrote the very best parts of his family songs. He did. I agree. And I want to recap what we just did. We had uh, Montego Bay, Bobby Bloom, Summer Breeze, Seals and Croft. And we did another Tambourine People song called Riverside Park, featuring, I believe, Nancy on the lead vocal. All right. Let's do it from the the, uh, Shopping Bag album. And if you remember buying the records back then, each Partridge Family album had a little gift in it. And that one had a plastic shopping bag. Yes, indeed. That's right. Check it out. It's one of those nights when you turn out the lights and you sit in the dark and say to yourself, I miss her. It's one of those moods when your body broods And you conjure up her picture and you kiss her It's one of those things for the pain it brings You say to yourself, hey, couldn't I live without it? Well, I think so, on the other hand, I doubt it Suddenly she's crashing through my mind Like waves Could you do it again, Fetcher? Oh, 
say you got no chance and it makes me mad and I shout oh yeah who says so well of course not on the other hand I guess so suddenly she's crashing through my mind like waves upon the shore Like you know I did before Yes, love, you know I did before Yes, love, you know I did before Chewing on a piece of grass, walking down the road. Tell me how long you gonna stay. Some people say This town don't look good in the snow You don't care, I know Venture Highway In the sunshine Where the days are longer The nights are stronger than You're gonna go, I know Cause the free wind is blowing through your hair And the days surround your daylight there Seasons crying, no despair Alligator lizards in the air On a fallen star Watching for the early train Sorry boy, but I've been hit by purple rain Oh, come on, Joe You can always change your name Thanks a lot, son Just the same Venture a highway in the sunshine Where the days are longer, nights are stronger than moonshine You're gonna go, I know 
Cause the free wind is blowing through your hair And the days surround your daylight there Seasons crying, oh despair Alligator lizards in the air In the
Lord, like the crust of bread, but oh, do I will. Seldom stumble, never crumble, try to tumble, minds rumble. Feel the stinging I've been given, never ending, unrelenting. Heartbreak searing, always fearing, never clearing, persevering. Nineteen seventy-three, while the Partridge Family was airing, the Beach Boys were doing "Sail on Sailor" with Blondie Chaplin on lead vocal. There we go with that one, great song. We also had Lido Shuffle, uh, Boss Gags, classic tune. America Ventura Highway. It's one of those nights, Partridge Family. This has been a fun retro night with Johnny Ray Miller and Chris Menzolas. <laughs> Oh, my God. This is when I have to make Fire the Italian him. hand gesture. <laughs> hey, wonder so then. It's time for our late night social. We're thinking about after tonight's show here. Here we go. Social, social time. Mike Mad Dog Adams with the late night social on Island Time tonight. We've got time for a couple of more. There was this number one song in the fall of 1970. Johnny, tell us a little bit about that record on Bell Records. The number one, the, the number, number one, one song. song. I think I love you, right? Partridge Family. It was all over song, the radio. Wonderful song. It's much more uh, layered and complex than it comes off at first listen. But if you listen to that, the, the kind of harmonies, they actually listened to Brahms. There's quotes from Brahms in that song. Really? Yeah. The arranger, Mike Melvoin, who we no longer have, told me that. And uh, okay. yeah, they put a lot of work into that song. And that little instrumental... Uh, the harpsichord. Harpsichord thing. I love that. Yeah. That, and then call... that became their signature tune, or their signature sound, sound right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to call that the Christmas part, because it reminded me of Christmas for some reason. But uh, yeah. let's check it out from 1970. It was a super number one song. I think I love you.
right in the middle of a good dream Like all at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it And did not go and shout it When you walked into the room I think I love you Mistake is you 
gotta have your cake and eat it too Baby, I've been saying, trying to figure out your scene And I've gotta see you soon to work it out I've been lying to myself, I've been trying to improve I've been crying, don't you go, and dying cause I know I'll never
That is the cow cells, not from way back in the day, but pretty recent in, in the last 10 years or so with a full band. And I love it. The Rain, the Park, and the other things. Uh, we had the two Tony Romeo songs from the Parch family. I think I love you, of course. And then the last song he wrote for the uh, Parch family was I'll Never Get Over You, which is a great song yeah. from the Bolton Board album, which is a really rare record. It's from season four. Right. Johnny loves season four. I'm not so much a fan. I do. I do love <laughs> season four. I love the sound of the music then. I thought the Bulletin Board album was oh, finally yeah. a... Kind of a new, a little bit of a new sound, you know? We started to hear David's voice really mature on that album. Now, season four of the show, I wasn't a huge fan, but those songs, there was some good stuff. Yeah. yeah, definitely, all the way to the end. I wanted to play a snippet. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to play a snippet of this for Chris. Uh, this is the other group that I played years ago, and I interviewed the, the group at the time that was had kind of the same idea. You know, it was kind of a retro sound, and they were called Pacific Coast. Uh, check out just a few seconds of this. It's Shine, Shine, Shine. Yes, absolutely. I mean, from irresistible, the harmonies, yeah. you know, it's just it right right to the soul. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a beautiful sound. Yeah. I think they were from Hollywood. They weren't around very long. They uh, had some tragedy in, the, in their personal lives. But uh, if you might still have that album out there. Check it out. It's called Pacific Coast. Hey, I want to thank you guys for uh, being here on the show. Of course, uh, Chris Mezzolesta from Tambourine People. There it wow. is. That's right. Thank you so Dave, much, uh, Dennis. himself at the end. <laughs> Thanks for getting it right. No, no, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> Johnny Ray Miller, thank you for being here oh, as always. All right. Thank you for having me as always. Ryan Forster, Ryan Cassidy was on the show. Gosh, Jeff Pike. What, God, and, what a great uh, time, huh? Who else called in? <laughs> Somebody called in in the first hour. Oh, the uh, the ladies from uh, Tambourine People. Nancy and uh, Lori. And Lori, yep. That's right. And thank you to Cheryl and Joanne, our studio audience from the North Coast right. Credits. That was a blast. We'll see. But thank you, Chris, from Tambourine People, Johnny Ray Miller. Thank you, back. Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. All right. We are going to take the 4th of July off next Monday. And the week after that, Bill March, who's a local uh, musician, who's going to be part of a Raspberries tribute. You just mentioned the Raspberries. It's going to be at Music Box Separate Club. And he's going to stop by. Uh, he was in Boku. Do you remember Boku back in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. He's going to be here. And uh, we're, I think we're going to give away some tickets to that thing. And that'll be on July 11th in a couple weeks. So have a great week, everybody. Fins up. Thanks, guys. Good night, everybody. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Dennis. <laughs>